Here is our world on Easter morning. Beautiful and sad things happen this day just like any other day. So let us be not afraid. Let us keep our hearts tender and keep our eyes soft because this is what you are about and I am about. We know there is no answer but to love each other. And we bear witness against unnecessary destruction. And we gather here in community, not just on Christmas and Easter, but also every Sunday to practice being the person the world is calling us to be. My friends, we cannot do everything, but we can do something, and that something is never nothing. So let us forget our perfect offering, the perfect gift, the perfect basket, and remember there is a crack in everything. Say with me, that is how the light gets in. So happy Easter and, and, and happy April Fools. This is the first time since 1956 that the, um, the two days have fallen together. I was watching Jimmy Kimmel the other night. And with the help of NASA engineer Mark Rober, Kimmel demonstrated a, a few ways for parents to prank their kids on Easter morning. <laughs> Are you ready? Filling chocolate bunnies with broccoli. <laughs> um, coating, this is my favorite, coating Brussels sprouts with chocolate to make them look like cake pops. And, and maybe best of all or worst, um, you know those Cadbury eggs? They get that, like that cream filling. You, you suck out with a syringe the cream filling and you put in, ready? Mayonnaise. <laughs> now listen, I don't mean to offer ideas to anybody. I'm just offering this as a public service announcement for our children so in the hopes that, that you all will be careful today, okay? Be careful. So I ask this every year. I think this is my 16th Easter with all of you. I'm always wondering what you're wondering in the pews, wondering who asked you to come if you don't normally come, if this is a favor to someone else that you're here, um, wondering why you're here, wondering what to do with the story of Easter. So how many of us, you can raise your hands, have questions about what Easter means. And I, by the way, I'm raising my hand too, all right? How many of us have, have doubts and, and wonderings and questions about resurrection? There's a beautiful song that, that we heard, of course, but still questions about whether it's true, quote unquote, or not. Do you see how many hands, by the way, are in the room? How many of us wonder what the story has to do with, with Jesus and bunnies and chocolate and springtime and eggs? I ask this every year, right? And every year I remind us that Easter is from the, the pagan uh, goddess of fertility, Istra, and that a lot of these Christian holidays were buried in the pagan practices so that the Christians would not be persecuted. This is a hidden story. They put their holidays with the pagan holidays in order to keep it secret so they would not be killed and persecuted, my friends. That's in the, in the bunny, a symbol of fertility, egg, symbol of fertility. I tell us that every year, and I think that maybe we forget when we leave and we come back, and we're still wondering. 
How many of us are waiting, though, despite all of that, despite all of that, for, for stories about new beginning in our life? A story does not have to be true for it to be real. Which is why we tell this story that Reverend Heather and Jessica told us. It bears repeating this, this ancient story that's not actually, actually about believing a bunch of stuff, okay? And asking instead, what does it mean for my life? Did you hear how they told it this morning? Did you hear how the themes like protest and marches and resistance and punishment by people in power and women leading the way, remember? Women leading the way. Followers, despondent, people looking for signs of hope, looking for resurrection. Did you hear that? Is it just me? Last Saturday, with Easter and Passover still a week away, and, and me looking for ways not just to be a preacher who gives practiced sermons, but me looking to be the kind of minister who practices what he preaches. Do you get my distinction? Last Saturday, our congregation rented a, a big yellow school bus parked over here in the parking lot, and we filled it to the brim with kids and adults in that order, and the bus, I had forgotten how, leaning and rocking back and forth all the way into Roxbury. The kids chill and relaxed and the adults getting seasick. The kids leading us there and the, the adults tagging along, which is an important distinction. All of us going there a week before Easter to practice to practice an Easter sermon. Where were we going? Now this Easter sermon on that Saturday saw kids waving signs like, why is it harder to get tickets to Hamilton than it is to get a gun? Another sign, I hate crowds, but I hate school gun violence more. Another sign, students today, but voters tomorrow. And another sign, Isaiah 11, verse 6, that says, and a little child shall lead them. 70,000 people marching this march on this march for our lives, saying to the gun violence that struck, it was it just six weeks ago, it's like our culture's Good Friday moment. All these kids and adults saying to the hurt and the loss and the lack of laws and the politicians and the brokers and the lobbyists, two big April foolish, big giant Easter words. And the words are, and yet. And yet. You tell us we're just kids, maybe, and yet we know how to use social media better than you do. <laughs> you tell us we have to get used to this big, huge, intractable problem, and yet we organize this march in like four weeks, and yet you offer us thoughts and prayers. We say, and yet, you adults, we want some action here. 
You tell us you're in charge. We're kids. And yet, we're the ones who are saying, enough already. You tell us this is just how the world is. This is how America is. And yet, it's Easter morning, they say. We don't have to live this way. We don't. We don't have to sit and accept. We can march. I grew up a Catholic kid, an altar boy, thinking about becoming a priest, no lie, wondering and worried that I didn't believe, believe in Easter enough, the nuns in my Catholic school giving me the stink eye, when I kept saying, and yet, to the stories that I was hearing them tell me about this day. Me saying, and yet, it's maybe not literally true in order for it to have a message of meaning. But I want you to partner with me in giving up the mental gymnastics and the arm wrestling, theology twisting. Give it up, because it doesn't really much matter because the world is broken and the world is beautiful and it needs our capacity, it so very much does, to say back to the world that breaks us, we need to say, and yet, to all the Good Friday moments. Easter is a message and a moment for our time. So do this with me. And the kids too, you can just hold your hand out in your lap, just open. And then I want you to close your hand like a fist. And as you look down at your fist, I want you to think of how that fist is a symbol for all of the stones in your life that you just cannot seem to move. I want you to think of the hard rocks of disappointment, the anger, the resentment, the grudges, the family maybe that drives you crazy, the loved ones you love but are hard to like. Think of all of that and the sad news that sit like a rock in your stomach, the rocks of worry that, that always come. Are you there with me? And now friends, slowly open your hands and as you open, let the, the fingers be a symbol, as we heard this, the song and the story tell us, of the stone slowly rolling away. Our open palms signing for us what is yet to come. Our open palms and open fingers telling us in two simple words to all of the stones in life and yet. And as we hold our hands open, please join me in this litany of blessing for Easter, for Passover, and for renewal. And please say after me, and yet. For every day that confronts us with signs and symbols that cause us to hang our head and feel like staying home and giving up, we say, 
And when our voices feel small and we don't have enough buses in the parking lot and the march ends and a new tragedy shows up on our newsfeed, we say, and when the promises we've made fall short and we find it hard to practice being the person that we tell our friends and ourselves in the mirror we say we want to be, we say, and when the stranger is not welcomed and the immigrant is threatened with deportation, we say with our friends in Bedford who offer physical sanctuary, we say two words. And when we struggle to practice what we preach, including your ministers, and we try to find the courage to put our bodies where our beliefs are, and it feels so very hard to follow and to live the sermon after Sunday is over, we say. And when you've been hurt, and all of us have in this room, and you can't find a way out of the hurt, or you've been sick, or your loved one is sick, we say to all of those people, we say to my dad who was in the hospital this morning, we say two words in hope. Amen. And when we look to love the world, despite it all, because it is turning sunny and it has been a long march, and we look to love the world in spite of itself, we say, and yet... I love all of you, this congregation, with such a full heart. I want us to go forth into the world, whether this is your first Sunday, your last Sunday, depending on what you heard, <laughs> or a Sunday in the midst of many's. I want you to see this place, this church, a thing that people find sort of out of date and old school. I want you to find here a renewal that you need to go out into the world that needs desperately renewal. May your practice, my friends, be foolish because the world needs fools. It does, not just in April, but the whole year. It needs fools who are willing to hope despite the state of the world, who will say two final words for our amen. And, yeah. Amen, my friends.